If you have thyroid eye disease and the pain in the back of your eye is forcing bad words from your mouth, it might be time to discover another treatment option. To learn more, visit TreatMyTed.com. That's TreatMyTed.com. Democrats and Republicans are absolutely not playing by the same set of rules. And we saw that all day yesterday as voting, finally, early voting, opened up in Georgia. And people in multiple counties across the state waited for 10 to 12 hours to vote. Ambulances had to come as people passed out. People missed breakfast, lunch, and dinner and had to have it delivered to the line. People had to leave and go to work. People had to leave and go pick up their kids. It's voter suppression, and it is effectively legal because, again, Republicans are playing this game or whatever game they're playing by a completely different set of rules. And if things are going to get better, Democrats are going to have to change how they come to the table, the fierceness, the ferocity they have moving forward has to change. Let me unpack and explain what I mean. I'll be super practical with it, but it can't continue the way it is right now. This is Sean King. You are listening to the 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 breakdown. The the, the, the breakdown. The, 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 the breakdown. Every single day, we get some kind of reminder of the reality that Republicans who right now control the Senate and the White House, but even when they just control the Senate, even when they just control a a part of a single branch of government, they didn't control the House and the Senate during the Obama administration. For most of it, they just controlled the Senate, one part of the legislative wing of our government. And yet with that one wing, they effectively blocked most of Barack Obama's legislative priorities, hundreds of uh, federal judicial appointments that he hoped to make. They literally stole a Supreme Court nomination away from him, a Supreme Court appointment when he nominated Merrick Garland and they literally would not even hear it, would not even allow it to come to the floor. Now we see real life voter suppression before our eyes. And if you don't understand, and I saw many conservatives say, no, that's not voter suppression. If you don't understand how having people wait in line for 10 to 12 hours is a form of voter suppression, you're dumb. First, people around the world saw it and said, oh, my God, I've never heard of anything like that in my life, particularly people from the world's developed countries, and and I'll say the world's 50 most developed countries said, I've never waited more than five to 10 minutes a day in my life. Yesterday, people were waiting in line for 10 hours, 12 hours, literally writing me, showing me the videos. I lived in Georgia for almost 20 years, and we saw it. And they did this by, in some counties, closing virtually all locations to vote, In counties that have a million people, they would now have one place you could vote. And in 
in the inside, this is what this is what baffled me. These places were understaffed, sometimes with two to three people, sometimes with two to three voting booths in the primary location in Cobb County, Georgia, which is a part of Metro Atlanta. They were only allowing about 60 people an hour to vote. Well, when a few hundred people are in line, it all of a sudden, when people first got there, they're like, oh, it took me two or three hours to vote. By the time it got lunch, people had been in line for seven hours. People were in line from the darkness of the morning to the darkness of the night. They had too few voting booths with one voting location and too few staff members inside. This isn't an accident. This is done on purpose. Everybody knew that yesterday was going to be an engaged day of voting. But people in counties all over this country have done what they can to use their power to make sure they suppress voters. It's voter suppression because most Americans can't, cannot stay for, for, for two hours. Most Americans literally can't afford to take an hour out of their day to vote. People had to leave to go pick up and drop off their kids. People had work to do. People have medical concerns that, that don't allow them to stand up or be in line or be outdoors for so many hours. It's preposterous. Yes, it's a form of voter suppression. Two days ago, I was excited because a federal judge overruled the governor of Texas who said in our counties all over Texas, you can only have one place to drop off your ballots, one box to drop it off. Some counties in Texas, if you've never been, are enormous. And he said, listen, you can only have one place to drop off your ballots. And a judge overruled that and said, no, that's arbitrary. Particularly in your biggest, most populated counties, it's also a form of voter suppression. Because now some people might have to drive a mile, but some are going to have to drive 30 miles. The people who don't have uh, access to cars, people who cannot necessarily afford public transportation. This is unnecessary. You can have countless ballot boxes all over the the cities and counties. And they overruled the governor and said, yes, your county can have multiple ballot boxes for people to drop off their ballots. And early this morning, while we were all asleep, a panel of three judges all appointed by Donald Trump, unanimously said, no, 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 the governor is right. These counties, they can only have one. That's what he said. It's okay. They can only have one. How did that happen? Donald Trump has appointed more judges in his three-and-a-half-year term than almost every American president has ever appointed in two terms, in great part because when he became president, when Donald Trump became president, Republicans blocked countless uh, vacancies in, in the district court positions. And consequently, when Trump came into office, there were over 100 of them still open. And he has appointed all over this country inexperienced young people 
that have lifetime appointments to these roles. Democrats and Republicans are playing by a completely different set of rules. Listen, after a quick word from one of our sponsors, I really want to explain to you some of the practical ways that Democrats are going to have to change moving forward. We'll be right back. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about my favorite tool for learning new things. It's Blinkist. Blinkist gathers the need-to-know information from thousands of nonfiction books, and it condenses them into 15-minute clips that you can read or listen to. I love Blinkist because it works on your phone, your tablet, or your computer, so I can have it with me wherever I go. With Blinkist, you get unlimited access to a massive library of condensed nonfiction books, all the books you want, all for one low price. And right now, for a limited time, Blinkist has a special offer just for our audience. Go to Blinkist.com breakdown. You can try it for free for seven days and save 25% off of your new subscription. That's Blinkist, spelled B-L-I-N-K-I-S-T, Blinkist.com breakdown to start your free seven-day trial. And you'll also save 25% off, but only when you sign up at Blinkist.com breakdown. So many of our listeners have loved it. Go ahead, try it out, and let me know what you think. Now, to, to be able to change the rules or play by a different set of rules, you have to have power. But one of the things that I've learned from Republicans is that even if you don't control the presidency, if you just control the United States Senate or if you control a, a governorship and say you don't even control the legislative body, if you control a seat of power that has power, you have to be able to wield it in ways that advance your priorities. First and foremost, we have to ask ourselves, what are the Democratic priorities? Now, most of us, I think, could name Republican priorities like right off the top of our head. What are the things that conservatives and Republicans care about the most? Probably all of us are going to say limiting uh, rights to abortion. High, high on the list. We know that that they, they either want to ban it or greatly limit it. It's something that excites and animates their base, and we all know that it's something that they stand for. Now, we could debate whether or not they're truly pro-life when they're against uh, life and livelihood after birth, when they do so little to support people after they're born. That's a whole other conversation. But if I ask you to name the number one priority of Democrats, People would struggle. Like, what's the what's that thing that Democrats care about the most? See, that's the problem. Democrats struggle to fight by a fierce set of rules because it's really hard to say what most Democrats really, really care about. Democrats need a clear agenda. You could. Try to look at 
Joe Biden's agenda, because in some ways, the agenda, if he if he wins the presidency, the agenda of the president in a lot of ways becomes the agenda of the party. But that's some of the struggle with Joe Biden is he's not actually for universal health care. He's not actually for the Green New Deal. He's not actually for a radical overhaul of American policing and the justice system. He's kind of for each. He's kind of for health care, kind of for the environment, kind of for justice reform. And it's hard to be fierce and badass when you're kind of for something. <laughs> like, that's the struggle with being moderate. Like, yeah, I'm kind of for it, kind of against it. I will, how, how do you do that with a vengeance? <laughs> you know, it's hard to do. It's part of what I've always loved about saying, no, I'm for universal health care. Every American should have health care, period. No, I am literally for stopping global warming and doing everything we can to end climate change and treating it like a dire emergency. That's what I'm for. And we will pull out every stop. We will, we will change the rules ourselves to make sure that legislative priority gets advanced. Um, Democrats have to, like, in bold letters, capital letters, highlighted, have to be for everything that fights back voter suppression. Democrats have to be for same-day voter registration, have to be for it, have to be for expanding the polls, expanding vote by mail, because Republicans for years now have done everything they can to suppress the votes, and it works, particularly works in red states. And we, we know it works in red states because that's where it's primarily happening, and they continue to hold on to power there. And we're going to have to overwhelm their systems um, and take back power in these red states. Some of it can start, yes, by taking back the Senate, keeping the House, taking back the presidency. But we also have to win these statewide races for attorney general in a state. Daniel Cameron is keeping a campaign promise. He promised police. Literally, when when local police unions endorsed Daniel Cameron, who is the attorney general of Kentucky, who has blocked any semblance of justice for the family of Breonna Taylor, when police unions endorsed him, he literally said in his response, I will advocate for you every day I'm in office. Well, guess what he's doing? He's advocating for them every day he's, he's in office. And so Kentucky has a Democratic governor but because they don't have the attorney general, it, it now limits the governor's power and the attorney general is willing to do everything he can to advance his priorities. And so Democrats have to be for more than they are right now. What are they for? And like you could say, Republicans are for police. Damn it. They are for the police and they're going to do everything they can to protect the group that they're for. Listen, I've got to run, but... We have 21 days until, and here's how I like to say it, until the end of the election. You can vote today in most states, and if you have not voted by mail, please go vote. Vote today and spend the rest of the 21 days encouraging other people to follow your lead. We're going to have to have a mandate 
on election night. Our hope is that um, Democrats can literally win as many states and races as humanly possible on election night, or else this thing is going to get dragged for days. And you already see, if it goes to the Supreme Court, Democrats are in trouble. Listen, I've got to run, y'all. Appreciate you. Take care. Go vote. Do everything you can to encourage everybody you know to vote as well. Break it down. Hey, it's Nikki and Maria Elena, hosts of the North Star's newest podcast, America the Voiceless, a podcast that's about the right to vote and the fight to vote. We believe that all Americans have a voice, but far too many Americans hit roadblocks when it comes to casting their votes. In America the Voiceless, we hear from lawmakers, historians, activists, and everyday people as we unpack the barriers some Americans have to overcome to make sure their voices are heard during the voting process. You can listen to a new episode of America the Voiceless every Thursday this fall. All episodes are available on the Northstar.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and wherever you listen to podcasts. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details.